Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Celtic State of Mind Monday Bulletin. We've had some big news last half an hour. Brendan Rodgers announced as new Celtic manager. Brendan is back. There's a lot of big questions that we're going to be covering in this hour-long broadcast. One of the big questions is how will the fans react? We've got everyone in the chat. You're always getting involved. We want you to get involved. Give us your thoughts. Give us your opinions. We'll bring up some of your comments over the stream over the course of this broadcast. But a three-year deal. We'll go through some of his quotes from the Celtic website now. I'm really delighted to return to Celtic and I'm hugely excited by this great opportunity. When I was given the privilege of being asked to join the club again, it was a very simple decision for me and my family. I've enjoyed some great times at Celtic before and this will be my goal again, to deliver good football and show we have a team we all love to watch and ultimately bring more success to our fans. The club is in fantastic condition at all levels. I'd like to thank the board for putting their trust in me to take the team forward. We'll work very closely together as we strive to bring that success to our supporters. Let's get to work. Well, as he said, the club is in a healthy position. I don't think there is much work to do with the team, but that, the big announcement, the news we've all been waiting for, we're waiting for it over the course of the weekend. And it's fairly been announced. Kevin, what's your thoughts? I've nearly changed for last week. Uh, I think he's probably been on the right flight. He's probably came to the right place, but there's still a big suitcase. He is trying to get that 20 kilo bag on a Ryanair flight eh, for me. There's still a lot of emotional baggage there um, that probably needs to get worked out and it'll only get worked out over time. Um, how to appoint a manager? You go to the top of your list of your gettable managers and you work your way down. And Rogers was probably very, very top of that gettable list. What you've got to presume or what I'm probably presuming is this, that Maybe that we had fell out with him, but he hadn't really fell out with us and he hadn't fell out with the guys that were at the top of Celtic. Um, I'm talking about Dermot Desmond here, eh? because once Dermot Dermot's actually spoke to him, then obviously he's got he's had full buy-in. Eh? I mean, he's obviously impressed Mr Desmond when he's actually spoke to him about what he wants to do when he comes back and the reasons that he's coming back. 
it's it's quite weird. Eh? You, you, you could be a, a like a contrarian here and go like that, but the only reason he is coming back because he's a Celtic fan. He has got that emotional connection, or you could just be a cynical guy and just go, I the only reason he's coming back is because nobody else is nobody else is going to have him. Uh, and this is the probably the best job that he's ever going to get for now at the end of his career. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle there. Um but ah, uh, you went out and got you went out and got a top class manager to come back to replace a guy who who could go on to be a top class manager. Ah, oh, he is a top class coach, as possible. He, he, uh, he is a top class coach, but no let's not just let our small minded parochial <laughs> battles get in the road of that. Um so you've got to be delighted that the board came to this conclusion. Cynically you can go, how did they get to this conclusion? Was it a simple decision for them? And the fact that there's some continuity there actually makes me feel like, well, that's all right. There's a continuity continue, continuing on for what Ange Postacoglu did. And it's just really interesting to see what we do over the next year, two years, three years, where we go, like with transfers and who leaves the club, who stays at the club and stuff like that. Now we really get into the nonsense season, don't we? When we get linked with everybody under the sun yeah. and, and, and stuff like that, eh? but we, we can be, we're now into the nonsense, the nonsensical times where we get linked with everybody. And I'm sure Jamie Vardy will get linked with. We'll probably get linked with Casper Schmeichel. We'll probably get linked with who else plays for Leicester? I don't again. James Madison. I'd love us to get that 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 indeedy the big the big defensive midfielder, but there's not a chance there. And Mohamed Elianus is another name that's been thrown around, but we'll get to all the transfer talks and the squad assessment a bit later in the show. Because as you mentioned, Brendan Rodgers, he was the top candidate out of all the managers that were there getting linked. There was a lot of sort of prospect managers. Celtic have just lost a very high-quality manager to a top-six Premier League team. That shows the hole that we had to fill, and we've filled that hole with another top-quality manager. I was a bit worried when Ange left because he didn't know if Celtic would get the appointment right. Because the last time we lost a high-quality manager, it was when Brendan Rodgers left. And um, we went for the cheap option and it ultimately cost us at the end of the day. So the fact Celtic have showed, as the title says, a statement of intent to bring Brendan Rodgers back, it was a big move from Celtic. It's what had to be done. And you mentioned how interesting it'll be over the next sort of few years. But what I think is going to be interesting is the next month. It's going to be a very important month for Brendan Rodgers before the Tour of Japan. He's got... A lot to answer for, if the Celtic fans are concerned. The Goon Brigade recently put out something on their Twitter, the, their banner from the game at Tynecastle, the game after Brendan Rodgers left. So that shows their hardline stance on Rodgers' appointment. They they haven't budged. A lot of fans are in the same boat. What do you think Rodgers has to say to get the fans on board? Is it just a case of saying nothing and just winning games to get the fans back on board? I think with the North Curve putting out the tweet or the Instagram post, I'm not 100% sure what it is. It could be taken two ways. It could be taken away that they're no reducing their stance, or it could just be taken away. For me, it could just be just a wee reminder to go, you've got work today here, pal, to actually get us all back on side. Um, at the end of the day, one game's of football. One game's of football in Europe. He is an exciting brand of football and everything is forgotten. Football fans are fickle. 
and I include myself in that. And there's no point trying to deny if if you're if you're a football fan and like you you're going to die on your double-edged sword of morals and your moral compass is going to go mental with Brendan Rodgers coming back, then I think sometimes you just really need to get a grip of yourself and look at the sort of bigger picture. It's also an entertainment factor. Eh? This is quite entertaining. He's back, man. This is going to be like, what's going to happen here? Eh? If somebody would have said to me when I rocked up to the cup final, by the way, in three, two weeks' time, Brendan Rodgers is going to be the Celtic manager, I would have went, away and stop sniffing glue, you. Even when the rumours <laughs> first when the rumors first started and Rodgers up there as the candidates, you've got to think he's only there because he managed the cup before. Surely they weren't going to do this. But as the reports started to heat up, Stephen McGowan, was weighing in on it, the prospect began to become a reality that Brendan Rodgers was going to become the new manager. It was, it, it really shocked everybody. Well, you, you saw what I put on the WhatsApp group when, when his name <laughs> was first mentioned, eh? Eh, that I was going to transfer myself to heart and hand if it happened. But it has happened and I'm still here. And I quickly caveated that a comment by actually saying, I refuse, I actually refuse the right to no action that, if it actually does happen, because it became very, very, as you say, once Stephen McGowan and that started tweet, tweeting about it, writing about it, go, ah, Jesus, this, this might actually happen. This might actually appear. This could this could be it. And it quite, he quite clearly became quickly the best candidate for the job, even with the emotional baggage that he's actually got. Look, he doesn't get a honeymoon period, eh? That's what that banner could say as well. You're not getting a honeymoon period, pal. By the way, we want European football after Christmas. You need to get everything right because you've been here before. This is you, this is you know coming in to rebuild the football club. We're in year three of a five-year cycle here that Celtic seem to be working. So, by the way, you're, you're getting no leeway. You're, you're, you're coming in to hit, this, hit the ground running. And to hit the ground running means actually putting some big hitters on their arses in the Champions League. That's it. Yeah, the thing is, with the Brendan appointment, you would have had your worries that the progress that would made under Andrew would have been stalled if another manager had been appointed. We've built this up and the whole discussion was Andrew's going to have a real crack at Europe this season. We could really do something. So if we got the appointment wrong, that could have all been thrown up in the air. And as much as Brendan might not have done amazingly in Europe, no Celtic manager has done amazingly in Europe in God knows how long. So I think Brenda was the right appointment to push on, replace the top-class manager with the top-class manager. And you made a good point about the bigger picture as well. You've got to look at Celtic. They really had to to push on. And when you look at how Rodgers left and where the opinion of fans is now, a lot of that, it comes with the distrust of the board. At least that's where my opinion comes from. And a lot of the people that have accepted Rodgers' return sort of with open arms, it has been the younger generation of fans, guys like me who have grown up where loyalty in football isn't really that big, when players and managers have come to Celtic and you know they're going to go to the Premier League. That's always been the case in my lifetime. So I feel like that's why I've sort of been so accepting of Rodgers' return and so accepting of Andrew's departure. Loyalty doesn't really exist in football anymore. I think also as well the way Ange departed has probably paved the way quite smoothly for Rodgers to come back in with large areas with the Celtic support. I mean, look, I can never welcome him with open arms and I'm still going to be the old cynical middle-aged fart that I'm at. 
and he's got today, as I say, he's got to hit the ground running for me. But I understand that my opinion means nothing. There was only one only one guy's opinion that actually meant anything, and that was Dermot Desmond. And as soon as they two talk and he went, I'm coming back, then my opinion doesn't actually matter. Um, I just want to see my football club do well in Europe. I've says I want a European final and I didn't want to go and lose a European final. I want to win a bloody European final. I've lost a European final. I've won Scottish Cups. Well, I haven't won Scottish Cups. I haven't been on the pitch to win Scottish Cups and leagues <laughs> and all of that. But I know for a fact that if we didn't win the League Cup this year, like some folk will see that as an utter disaster because we've made winning treble seem normal, right? So right away for Goliath, we need to do a treble. We need to do a treble. Doesn't need to do a treble. If we if we if we lose the league, if we lose the league cup, right? I know for a fact, and you know for a fact, you'll see Celtic winning a league cup before you pop your clogs. I want to get. I want. I, I want Europe, and hopefully this decision's been made with Europe in mind. And I, I've been saying that for ages, and we've kept the continuity. We've got to keep the markets that we're in now. Just because Postacoglu's left, we've got to keep the markets that we've found. We've got to get a structure in place behind, improve the scouting. And we've got to make sure he's got a three-year contract and there is a tail-off. It's been seen everywhere that he's been. There's been a tail-off against certain ways, uh, when certain signings and stuff like that. And we've got to get everything right, especially if we are going to spend a bit of money. And if we are going to spend a bit of money, James, and everybody's quoting strange figures, eh? everybody's quoting 35, 40 million pound and, and rubbish like that. Morris Jens went for 8 million pound. 40 million's not going to get you a lot. It's like, you look at that, that guy, Ruben Neves, has just left Bulls to go to Saudi Arabia for 47 million pound, right? 40 million is not going to get you uh, the elite level player. Think, 10 million is not going to get you an elite level player. I'll get you a great player to come and play in a backwater league, which we are, but it, we're still miles and miles away from getting that elite level player, even though spending 35, 40 million pounds in Scotland, which I'll need to see it to believe it, actually, because there's wage bill considerations and all of that. I need to see it to believe it. Aye, it's a big spend in Scotland, but in Europe... I mean, I think Nottingham Forest probably bought a reserve goalkeeper for forty million pounds or something like that. Like it's, but it is where we are. It's the market that we're in, and Brendan knows that. I'm, well, we can call him Brendan again now. Yeah, we're on we're, our first we're, name we're, basis. We're back now. on first name terms. Yeah, yeah. Angel's now Postacoglu and Brendan Rogers. Angelos, is Angelos <laughs> Postacoglu now. We'll Angelos. But you mentioned Europe. Do you think that's got to be the benchmark then? Because it was the ex the expectation for Ange was to push on in Europe. We've replaced him with the top class manager, and he's apparently bankrolled with thirty million pounds. Do you think if there's no European football after Christmas, or even if we were to drop down to the Europa League, if we don't make it past the first knockout round of the Europa League, do you think that would be seen as a failure in Europe? You're getting a manager in who's done it domestically. So obviously he's coming back to go, I've got unfinished business here and my unfinished business is actually in Europe. He's got no unfinished business in Scotland. And we can shout at Postacoglu all we want. Postacoglu, uh, Angelos Postacoglu had no business left in Scotland. But he was getting offered a top six job in England and that trumped the Champions League. It really did trump the Champions League for me. So, aye, you've got to say that Rodgers is coming in. And I remember when Martin O'Neill came in 
and O'Neill says, ah, it's Europe. But when you go back and look at that time, O'Neill always spoke about Europe. Being the, uh, he spoke about Rangers being the benchmark, but he was talking about this club needs to progress in Europe. And I think that's where Rodgers will be. We need to win a knockout tie, man. I think you were probably one the last time. Or were you born the last time we actually won a knockout about tie? Nine months, nine months old, You're maybe. nine months. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. We've been, we've been a... We've been a laughing stock in Europe for far too long. It's about time we came serious again. And uh, to get to become serious, you're talking about either the last 16 of the Europa League. Yeah, you're actually talking about winning a knockout game. We need to win a knockout game, for, and, and we take it for there. And that's what I would hope that we actually do this season. Yeah, that'll be in, Euro- in, in Europe after Christmas and win a bloody knockout game. Let's yeah, that'll be it. the fans, the fans' expectation. You've got to think it would be Rogers' expectations as well. As you said, he's won everything in Scotland. There's yeah, nothing really not left for him to do. That's that's a plus for Rogers if he wins. The fans want to see some progress in Europe. It's been a long time coming. We've seen failure after failure in games we should have won. We should have been beating teams like Copenhagen. We should have been beating teams like Bordeaux, but we didn't. So you want to be seeing that progress, but everybody's getting involved in the chat. We've got Tim A on. He has to say something. Acknowledge what happened. Explain. Apologise and be sincere. Then we can all move forward. Les Watts weighing in here. We really need to revolutionise our recruitment and development at youth level. Troll the world for talent and invest in top, top coaches. Well, we saw what Brendan Rodgers done with some of the younger players at Celtic. Kieran Tierney, an example, he really helped push him on. I know it was dial where Tierney got his chance, but Rogers really helped push him on. But I want to go back to the the reaction to Ange leaving compared to when Rogers left. Rogers, he was painted as a villain because of the way he left the club. He left us sort of high and dry. And now Ange has been painted with the same brush. Do you think it's right to vilify Ange in the way some fans have? I'm not too sure because he's left the club, as Brendan mentioned in his quotes, in a healthy position. The connection between the fans and the team is as strong as it's been for years. And there's just such a positive atmosphere around the club. You thought that Brendan coming in maybe would have created a bit of toxicity. It's created some sort of divide. But the fact that we are talking about progress in Europe next season shows the position Ange has left the club in. Do you think the fans were sort of right to sort of tarnish Ange with the same brush that they tarnished Brendan with? No, because we look at things for an emotional way. And we didn't look at things from the way football players look at look at things. And right, I've I've had a bit of banter. We're calling him Angelos Postacoglu, and I'm supporting England in the Ashes because he's went away and left me and stuff like that. And that's the level of my my pettiness that I'll actually do. And I'll maybe have a laugh if Tottenham get beat. But I want him to do well. I really do want him to do well because he seemed like a big genuine chap. He done the same to us as what he done to Melbourne Victory, and he 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 was on he was on a he, his, his his career was on an upward trajectory, and we couldn't hold on to that. Yes, we probably would only hear him anyway, and that's that's so the fact is we haven't got another year of him. We've actually went and got a top class manager who for the who, who the last three years eighty four had two fifth place place, finishes, won an FA Cup and won a Community Shield with a club whose fans Russell Kiss papers. <laughs> so, like, aye, bring it on. Bring it on. I'll, 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 deal with my, I'll deal with my petty emotional baggage as the season goes on. But if I was if I was Brendan Rodgers, a script writer, which I'm very glad that I'm not, uh, 
his first thing I would say would when he walk onto the steps of Celtic Park or uh, outside the steps steps of Celtic Park and says, "I'm sorry, I've been a dick. I'm here to finish what I've started. No, I'm, he's, I'm here he's... to finish what I started, and that's it. And we would all go, yes, and move on." Well, he's got his let's get to work. That seems like let's the new we knew yeah, the yeah. new we never stop. It does have the same sort of ring to it, but oh, we'll, we'll, it's a, it's we'll see if that catches or eh? if we get it on a t-shirt at the end of the season if we win the league or something. But I wasn't as annoyed at Ange because you can see it's a top top job that he's got. Spurs were in a Champions League final a matter of what about four or five years ago. They've not got Champions League football now, but Ange has been tasked to take them back to that level. And as you mentioned earlier in the show. He'd done everything that there was to do in Scotland. So he's got to go to England now and if he wants to push on in Europe, because he's not going to win a Champions League at Celtic, if we're going to be brutally honest. But going back to Brendan Rodgers, it's a three-year contract, I agreed, for Rodgers, as opposed to the sort of rolling contract that Ange was on. Do you think this suggests the long-term plan, or a long-term vision for the Celtic team? Stephen McGowan was reporting how European football is the ambition and they've sort of planned things out brought Rodgers and Dermot Desmond to get there. Does the suggestion of sort of forward-thinking Celtic team excite you? And do you think we will stick to that plan? Because we've seen a lot of false promises from Celtic in the past. It depends if the plan's successfully. There's two ways you can look at the contract. You can look at it as either a show of faith and a change of direction of the club, or you can look at it the business-wise, you're just protecting your asset. Be having him on a three-year contract, which means the compo's probably already in it. If he does decide to, if the English Premier League or somewhere else flutters their eyelids at him and, and, and he disappears again, eh? so you can look at it two ways. It's natural for us, James, as Celtic fans and everyone in the comments, to look at it as God. This is a sign that we're building long term in the future because that's what we really, really want to believe and that's what we want to see. So, of course, we're going to look at it that way because uh, that's just your natural. Oh, aye, this is a big change and we're, we're, we're going to. But the proof will be in the pudding in the next six, seven weeks. Where, where are we going to go? I mean, Will we will we start cracking on my signings now? Will the signings that we already seemingly had spoke to, will they still come through the door? I mean, we've already got like the Norse god of war and poets, actually, Odin <laughs> uh, and Loki's brother. Is it Loki? Brother? Anyway, Marvel Universe man. Um, aye, so you've, you've already got him through the door, which is what we've came up with the term legacy signing for that. So I wonder if there's anybody else that's already that far down the line that will still come through the door. Because we still need them in early. We do still need them in early to get them bedded into the team and the culture and the way that Brendan's going to work. But that's a good thing. that He's got the continuity of the backroom staff there. And Callum McGregor's phone will be rid hot now in Scotland. We Celtic players go, what's this guy like? And McGregor will be gone, you're going to love it. You are going to love it. We've got a young side who want to improve, and Rodgers has got a track record of improving young players. It's not, and that's what these guys want. Because let's be no be about the bush here. Eh? Some of them will want to move to England, and how they uh, how are you going to move to England? You have to play well in Europe, and you've got to improve. And Rodgers is coming in with that sort of reputation as I'll improve you. And so the, the, there'll be a lot of excitement within the playing squad, I think, as well. Yeah, the uh, thing is, when Ange. So I pick, he, he's mentioned time and time again when he's signed his players, he's signed players who have 
a point to prove. He signed Joe Hart, who'd been outcast by Premier League club after Premier League club. He needed a home. He needed somewhere to prove himself. Jota had been on loan spell after loan spell from Benfica and hadn't really proved himself anyway. He needed somewhere to call home and we've given himself that. We take the chances on Blair like that. I'm sure they'll be desperate to prove themselves under Brendan as well. But something that's quite similar is, despite the, cer- the certainty with Rodgers coming in is that he's a top-class manager, but the uncertainty is whether he'll be back to that the sort of similar extent that Ange was. So that's that'll be an interesting thing to look out for over the next sort of few months. This transfer window will be a real eye-opener for what the next two or three years of Brendan Rodgers' contract will hold itself to. But it's only been four years since he left, but it's a very different squad to when he was last here. The only sort of familiar face in the team, Cal McGregor, James Forrest, are the players who are Aye. jumping out. The team, it's already of a high enough quality. I don't think he, he needs an upheaval to make the team his own because that team is good enough to dominate Scottish football. Do you think, what do you think Brendan's going to do with the team? Do you think it's just minor tweaks? Do you think there's going to, there, going to be... There will definitely be a change in style because he's less risk averse. Right, he plays attacking football but he didn't play the Postacoglu style of attacking football, whereas possession is king uh, under a Brendan Rodgers team. And fortunately enough, he's coming into a squad where they're very comfortable at keeping the ball. Yeah, there will be, but whereas Postacoglu sometimes like causing chaos, like in the transition and that, there's, there is a less risk-averse uh, side to Brendan Rodgers. I think you'll have a look at the squad and go, right, what have I got? He's probably already had a long conversation with John Kennedy and the backroom staff about what's there. He's got a young, fit, technically good squad there who can actually slot into play his style of football. There will be tweaks. You might see a tweak in the formation. I don't know what he played at Leicester. I'll go back to what he played at at Celtic the last thing, which was a 4-2-3-1. I don't know if that's still in vogue. I don't know if he's going to play that here. But if he plays the 4-2-3-1, I'm going to ah, yes, Haskabanovic can actually play a number 10. Haskabanovic can be looking there going like that. Tom Rogic, what he done for us, and I'm like, that's good. And you have a look at what, if it was a 4-2-3-1, we've got all the, we've got all the bodies there to actually already do it. Jota's going to love playing with him because we look at Paddy Roberts. Roberts loved playing Rogers like swingers. You've got Yota there. Maida, I don't know if Maida's got the technical ability, but he gives us something. So there'll be a lot of interesting concepts. Abada, is Abada going to hang around? Because Abada's his type of player. Yeah, if, if, if Abada sticks around, I think he'll Aye, do phenomenally. As you mentioned, if he goes back to this four-two-three-one formation he was playing before, I think that could be big for Tomoki Iwata, Japan's J-League player of the year. If he can slot in there next to Cal McGregor, it could be massive for him because he's not seen enough minutes under Ange, plain and oh, simple. Not. We know yeah. Rodgers, he can develop and improve players with the tools already at his disposal. He'd done that last time. A lot of the standout players weren't the players he brought in, but it was the likes of Stuart Armstrong, the likes of Cal McGregor, the likes of Scott Brown that were already at the club and had perhaps sort of been written off. I'm thinking you mentioned the attacking midfield position. Unless he's away, I think maybe David Turnbull could do a job at the attacking midfield role as well. You think there's anyone else that Rodgers could have his eye on to improve? I'm thinking Ohion Gyu could be in with a big shout in this Celtic team. I mentioned on the Friday broadcast, 
Rogers. He's not afraid to make a big decision with the team. He had 40 goal Lee Griffiths there, and the first thing he did was replace him with Musa Dembele. He's not afraid to shy away from playing a striker that fits his style more. Do you think O could be in for a big season, or there could be other players that could really push get, on under Rogers? We need to get a big season feel anyway. No matter what would have happened, we, we needed a big season feel under Poster, uh, under Angelos Postacoglu. We did. If if Angelos would have stayed with us, we need a big season for him. We need a big season for Kyogo. It will depend on what Rogers actually sees or where he might decide to actually go into the transfer market and buy another striker if he doesn't believe that they've got the fit, he doesn't, if he doesn't believe that Kyogo can maybe develop into the straight sort of striker that he wants. But Rogers' game, when you think about it, Rogers' game at Celtic the last time wasn't really change. It was still getting to the byline and whipping the ball across. It was still getting the ball into the box early. He took a lot of we took a lot of punts for the edge of the area, which we didn't do. Which we didn't do under Angelos Postacoglu. How many goals did Stuart Armstrong in that score for outside the box? So you might see if you're at the edge of the box, you're taking a strike. We're not going to try and walk the ball into the back of the net, but the purpose will be the same. You try and get in behind the de- defence, and we Kyogo's already shown that he's brilliant at actually finding that space in the box. Eh? So it will be. The first couple of weeks are going to be interesting. I mean, we're going to be having a look at these pre-season games, trying to find if he's going to change the like the inverted fullbacks and all of that. But then you look at the inverted fullbacks. Greg Taylor is now one of one of the uh, best players that we've got at the club Standout, as, as yeah. a left back. And I'm talking about mentality wise as well and experience wise in Scotland. So. Rodgers will probably be looking to him to be a leader on the pitch as well. You've got Alistair Johnson, who's been immense for the six months that he's been there. But Johnson wasn't too comfortable coming inside and he hadn't learned to come inside. The yeah, it, was always, it was always Taylor. Yeah. It was always Taylor that was coming in. So you might find that Johnson might find it more natural now to play the Rodgers role on the outside because he didn't have that full pre-season under Postacoglu. And that's so it'll be interesting for the, the fullbacks to see what actually happens to them. Uh, interesting for the wingers. It's really interesting for all the squad, but I'm really, really pleased that Rogers is there because there's guys in that squad uh, will be talking to Callum McGregor, will be talking to James Forrest, and they'll be going, This guy will improve you. This guy will improve you as a football player. And the fact that Kennedy and that's there as well. Whereas before, when Rogers left and we appointed Neil, I think some of the foreign lads had doubts that Neil Lennon could have, could improve them as football players. I, I think the, the only the only sort of non-Scottish player that um, Neil Lennon did improve, I think, was Odds Edward. I don't know if that was just because of the quality Edward that he possessed. He just needed to play football and he would show how good he was. I think Edward did step up a level under Neil Lennon. We've got some more comments coming in here. CJ7, I'm glad our board went with Brendan. Blaze Watts, Jaws, an Uber Brendan player, Sosa Bada, Sean Slevin, Harry Kuehl and all the backroom staff are staying. Surprised at Harry Kuehl staying. Um, I want to go on to the backroom staff. Dermot Desmond, they made a personal intervention to prevent John Kerry from going to Spurs. Um, Chris Davies, Roger's second in command. He's now the man that's off to Spurs. But in Rogers' quotes from the Celtic website, he said, I wanted John to be with me as we move forward. He's a very talented coach, someone I know well and respect, and he'll be very important to myself and our players. Cal McGregor, as you mentioned, one of his favoured personnel, he said his phone will be blowing up. 
he also plays a key role in the dressing room, so you can imagine all the players will be going to talk to him. And as I mentioned, how much the team has changed, how big of an advantage is it having some familiar faces with him? John Kennedy, who was one of his sort of trusted lieutenants when he was Celtic manager. And what what does Celtic's emphasis on painting John Kennedy and keeping him at the club say about his standard at the team? I think that was a big say from Brendan Rodgers. It probably was. I mean, Rodgers would have had an idea that maybe his lieutenant wasn't coming with him, that Chris Davis wasn't coming with him. Um, you, you sometimes find, I mean, Rodgers maybe wants to keep himself fresh as well, eh? because he's had that background team at Leicester. He, he moved guys like the boy O'Driscoll and all of that. And he's maybe went, no, I quite fancy going to Celtic and working with the guys that are already there because I'm coming into a club that doesn't need fixed. I'm coming into a club where my remit is to improve it. And already these guys are dominating domestically. And I think I can improve it. I think I can already work on what's there. And I don't need guys that I can trust because I've worked with Kennedy. I can trust him. If he if he, if he says that O'Day, McManus, Q and Gavin Stratton are, are cool, are do really, really well, then... That, that will be fine. Also as well, football is a wee community, right? They He'll know what Gavin Stratton does. He'll know what Gavin Stratton... He'll maybe not know him as a person, but he'll know that... He'll spoke to guys do south that have worked with Stratton. Well, that eye's really good, right? Or he, he knows... He knows... Well, like, what do you know McManus and that? Well, who can? Harry Kuehl's a name. And they'll know what yeah. Harry Kuehl brought to the backroom staff as well. If you didn't think that after Brendan Rodgers got the phone call for Dermot Desmond, the first thing that he did in the day when he got off that phone call was phone Angelos Postacoglu's uh, agent and go, right, what did you get offered? Because I want some of that. Because that's, that would have been that would have been his first that would have been his first port of call. And he's maybe spoke to Postacoglu. He, he, he maybe has. You do not know. Because these guys, it's a career, ain't it? So he maybe spoke to Poster Coglu and went, well, you're not getting John Kennedy and if you're taking my main man, or I'll fight you for him doing the docks uh, next Monday at 12 o'clock. But uh, he, these things just didn't happen. Like, these these things just do not, he just doesn't take on staff right away for getting a, a trusted source gun. These boys are all right. Now, it could be that six months down the line that, Gavin Stratton might get an opportunity to go manage a club in the championship or something like that because it has been hanged. It could be that John Kenny get, gets a chance to go, go and become a manager himself. That may happen. It may be that Rodgers, after six months being in, 69 months being in, might go, I fancy a wee shake-up here because I just fancy moving it about. Because what you've got to remember as well, players get bored of the same voice all the time. And sometimes you just need a wee freshen up. Sometimes you see it with clubs, eh? You go like that. Why is that guy moving on? It's because you need that wee freshen up. You need somebody else's voice to come in there. And it's not to say that Rogers may not change the backroom staff in 69 months, but he must be obviously happy with the continuity factor here. And us as fans and me as fans has got to be as, as happy with the continuity factor here. This is no ripping it up and starting again. This was one of the reasons I was quite happy when we were getting linked with Maresca and guys like that because there would have been a continuity factor there. And Rogers is keeping that continuity factor, but the fact is we're getting a 
top class head coach coming in, who the last time he was at Celtic Football Club raised the standards. And every player says that he raised the standards to uh, to Premier League elite level. Poster Coglu brought our standards back to that. And we've got a guy coming in who's going to keep the, the standards and want to improve the standards. And you've got to say well done to the club. But again, they might have just got lucky again, eh? That Rogers wanted the job. That, yeah, that it was want, that, that that he wanted to come back, eh? But time will tell. Yeah, the, the continuity factor was a real big discussion point amongst fans. It was probably the biggest thing I was looking for when Celtic were going for the manager. And the fact that you've kept the staff there as well, it's a seamless transition almost to carry on the success. But that's one question we had about Rodgers' appointment answered. But there's still sort of a lot more. And I think Rodgers' first press conference will be sort of a, a big indicator. you got to wonder what questions will be asked of I'll pose you a wee question here. If you were to attend Brendan Rodgers' first question, I'll pose this one to the people in the chat as well. If you got the chance to ask Brendan Rodgers a question at that press conference, what would be sort of the question you would ask? What would you want to know? What's your favourite Rebel song? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get... Any question that we, we, we could come up with, he's going to get asked where the hacks that are there first. And every question that he's going to get asked in that first press conference will be, what about how, how are you going to make it up to the fans? How are you going to make it up to the fans? So uh, you left the last time. Do you, do you agree with some of the Celtic fans being bitter that, you, that you've came back and the way that you left? This and that, yada, yada, yada. As Paul says, we we done a hang at the, 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 the Master Sixes. And we were speaking to Rambo, and I'm not going to call him Rambo because I says I called him Rambo, and Paul went, "No, you've got to call him Alan." And Rambo went, "No, you can call me Rambo." Which so I'll call him Rambo. Uh, and and he he told us, and this was in the January that Rogers was a stick on to get the Leicester job, and at the end of the season. So what's happened there? I mean, it's probably well known in football circles that when they slacked. Who was it? Was it Pyro that they sacked? Claude Poole. That's That was the guy that they sacked. Yeah, Claude Poole. Uh, when they sacked him, they've probably gave Brendan an ultimatum. They've probably given him, you need to come to New York, you're not going to get the job in the summer. And he's went. That's that's bygones be bygones. That, 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 that happens in football all the time. That players leave, managers leave, and we just probably need to accept that now and stop being emotional about it. I would just ask him, I would be more interested to ask him what he would want to change, if anything, or what is he going to do? Uh, with it? Is he going? Is he going to just continue with what Postecoglou put in place, or is he? No, no. I would want him to come again. I'm looking to improve it. I would want him to come in. It's a, a difficult question, eh? What you would ask him, eh? And but you do know that all the questions are going to be, eh, what, what's your feeling about the fans and and this and that? And He's really going to be walking on eggshells. He's got to watch what he says because if he tries to offer some sort of explanation for why he left, whatever he says, the fans aren't going to take it well. If if he tries to explain, oh, I couldn't turn it down. It was too big an offer. The response will be, but you're supposed to be a Celtic fan. And I don't see a way where he can sort you're, of answer that question and get it right. You're talking about a guy, James, that's as smooth as a galaxy. And when he was <laughs> asked, at his first, like, Leicester press conference, he says he would come back to Celtic right away. He says, 
the opportunity to come here was right at this time, but if the opportunity arose to go back to Celtic, yada, 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 I will be back if the timing is right. If I, what was it, his exact words that came up on the BBC the other week there? If uh, I had to let my heart rule my head, I would be at Celtic for the rest of my career. Yeah. That's what he says in his first one of his first press conferences at, at Leicester. If you didn't think he doesn't know what he is going to say and how it's going, how it can be spun, then you're dealing with a man who's a master manipulator of the press, and he always has been. He knows how to handle the press, and he's no got he's no going to make any sort of emotional faux pas. He's no, he's not going to. He'll, he'll know exactly what he's going to say, and that's already been worked to him because he's an intelligent guy. He knows how to work it, and he can't really take the pandering option either or the, the play at the fans' heartstrings because the fans are aware no. of that now. They know not to expect it anymore from him. No, and that's... And he'll know that. There, I reckon there will be some sort of an apology. Do you think? I think it's just got to be winning football. Winning football games, that's the way he gets him back he, on side. I, I, th- I think... It, aye, that, that's what... At the end of the day, that's what's going to get us back on side. But I think you'll have... So, I. I might have changed things the way I left differently, but timing was timing, and it happened. But I'm just here to actually finish off what I started. And I think that will be the whole sort of gist of... I would hope that's going to be the gist that he's hang with. And he's, he's no, a, he's no a, a, an intelligent guy. He's not going to go in there and mump and moan and like... like I'm not answering that question. I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Um, he's he's back, which is quite bizarre that we're actually saying that we're that we're looking at the second era of Brendan Rodgers, which I would never have thought. And I'm, I'm, I'm I says last week I said I don't think going back's a good thing, but I understand why this was attractive to Dermot Desmond to Celtic and to Brendan Rodgers. I understand that. Uh, whether I agree with it or not doesn't matter one little jot yeah, it was, happened, uh, at one point it was the he who shall not be named, be named. he didn't, he didn't ah, appear yeah. at a Celtic game until the semi-final in April at Hamden which was coincidentally around the same time the conversations between Spurs and Ange apparently started so this could have been in the pipeline for a while, we've got Peter McGlone coming in here, he's in the same boat as you Kevin he'll rock the press conference Rogers will be well prepared but we were talking about staff just before. It, his previous transfer record, as much as he made some statement signings, guys like Sinclair, guys like Dembele, there was a lot of duds there. Whether that was down to Rodgers or whether it was down to the lack of backing from the board, well, we'll, we'll, we'll need to wait and see. But oh, there's been a lot of talk about a director of football coming in. There was been talk about a director of football at Celtic since even before Ange Postecoglou was appointed. The, the rumours were it was supposed to be a director of football coming in with Ange. Do you think to sort of make improve the sort of hit to miss ratio of uh, Brendan's transfers? Do you think getting a getting a director of football could be a good idea? Well, it's no, it's Mark Law, not just like a, a de facto director of football anyway, because he's a head of scouting and recruitment. So, is that not just a de facto director of football, like it's guy that's in charge of the scouting and recruitment department, right? Obviously, I, I think a director of football has maybe got contracts and like um, 
I will give that player a contract. I don't know. No, we'll let him go. Blah blah blah. And I think that's where it is. But I, I think the most important thing is that you get the sports science, the scouting, and also the the analysis stuff. And that doesn't go anywhere when when your manager leaves because a manager only leaves if you've been absolutely rubbish or he's doing well and he gets poached for a bigger job. And and we have to be big enough and man enough to actually say it's a bigger job in in the English league. And that's it. We play in a football backwater and the English league is always going to hold sway for somebody that's got any ambition whatsoever or the European leagues or, or, or anything like that. So as long as that structure's all does they get ripped up? And this is where a lot of folk didn't like Brendan Elastic because he took everything with him. And but then again, I'm going, well, that's Celtic's fault. That is Celtic's fault for not having that in the first place. And no and no like and even I think by the time they got to the end of Lenny's time, I think the sports scientist guy left and we didn't have a sports scientist boy yep. for about four or five months until uh, Angelos Postacoglu came in. And he went, well, you know, got a sports science guy. And what do you mean you're, you haven't got one? What do you mean you only want to appoint one? You, you need about three or four. That has to get built up and built into the structure and the fabric and the bricks of the club. And a director of football is maybe just a label. But I think Walls, uh, Mark Law is probably a de facto director of football. What you didn't want is your chief executive starting to play director of football. Like going, I steady signing... Uh, Castagna will give you Marion Swede or we'll get, we'll get somebody else. We didn't want that. I told you, Annie, we, we, we didn't want that to actually happen. You want the manager to have the final say and also as well, right? I've, apart from the players for the Japanese and the Asian League, how did we scout all the rest of them? All of them came from Poster Coglu's wee back, black book. I think, oh, it, for the I think Ange would have had a big say on all the players we did recruit from Japan. You've got to think with Mark Law, he was the chief scout of the City group before he came Aye. to Celtic. So he would have Manchester City and the City Football Group, they have clubs in every, every continent on the planet, probably barring Antarctica. I'm not sure they've got a footballing league. But he has a knowledge of everywhere. So having him there, he, as you mentioned, didn't really think about it. He could be basically the de facto director of football. Do you need one when you've got a guy who was key in the recruitment of probably Manchester City. I think Mark Law could play a real part there, but people really underestimate how important the football infrastructure is, all the work in the background. It all reflects on the team in the park. As you mentioned, with the sports scientists leaving, that coincided with a Celtic team that was conceding so many goals late on in the game at the end of Neil Lennon's tenure. Ange Postacoglu comes in, and then you would see the stats flashing up on Sky Sports all the time amount of goals scored in the last sort of 15 or the last 10 minutes of the games last season, Celtic were right up at the top. It was the never stop attitude. It, it really reflects on the team on the park. It, it does really reflect. And it, a lot of these guys do. The younger players have been used to getting data analysis. For, they've been a young age. And they've been used to getting shown their stats and, and stuff like that. And it's old hat now not to use that. And it's no hat... We need to get percentage advantages against top clubs. We've got to look at ways of, against these elite players, of getting an advantage over them, for uh, whether it's like uh, uh, as a unit. So whether that's from 
set plays, whether that's from known or by the way, their left back drops out the game after 75 minutes. So after 75 minutes, I'm going to make a change and we're going to attack on that side. We need to find small percentage wins everywhere. And that's what we teams look to do to us when they come to Celtic Park. I mean, the, the Scotland game on the Scotland game on uh, Saturday. It was a ten-minute game. Clark wanted that to come down to a ten-minute game. He wanted to still be in the game with ten minutes to go, or twelve minutes to go. Make the changes that he was going to make and go right. I'm going for it now. I've seen we, we saw Clark doing that numerous times with Kilmarnock. I make sure I'm still in it at 80, 78, 79 minutes. Then I'll change it. Then I'll go for it. That's that's the small percentages. No, I'm no I'm no saying that we should. They put Steve Clark in that as well, but every manager, no matter their style, is looking for that wee change with their game plan and go, right, now we're going to go for it because data will tell them that's when it's coming in. And uh, Neil uh, and Gavin Stratton's iPad, or he's got a laptop now, I think, uh, he's getting real-time information <laughs> on that laptop or iPad or mobile phone or Nokia 7010 or whatever it is he's got he's getting real time data on that and that has to get used it really has to get used and now we've got a manager who does use it we had a manager previously who does use it as well it's just part of a modern football club eh? it's part of, you look at your Brentfords and all that who are doing really really well, they use data all the time if you haven't got a resource and you're gone gone up against Billy Big Boss, who can spend fifty-two million pound on a reserve team right back, then you've got to have a look at other ways of beating them, and that's coming down to data, it's coming down to sports science, and that's just the world that we actually live in. It's the Americanization of sport, and this when you look at when you look at the stuff like the NFL and that, we're decades behind what the NFL have been using data for for thirty, forty years. Well, it's, you can probably coincide that with the progress Celtic have made in the last sort of few years, especially when Andrew Postacoglu came in. We're really becoming a modern football club, and especially in Europe, as you mentioned, when there's these teams, there's going to be such a gulf in quality between the players in the park. You've got to think smarter. You've mm-hmm. got to think differently, because if Celtic are playing, for example, Real Madrid, we're not going to beat them player for player. Not a chance. No. So the tactics and the data behind it, it's all got to be right. Uh, Gary Madden coming in here. They're, apparently, the presser is going to be later in the week, according to the press release. That'll be some box office viewing. I can assure he's you. Got that. A, he's got a couple of nights left in Santa Ponza, ain't he, to, to, <laughs> to learn the songs again. Oh, well, I want to go over. To, I wanted to talk about transfers. Uh, Rogers, he broke the transfer record when he was at the club. Nine million on odds and Edward. We could definitely say that paid off. Do you think something similar could happen this summer? Do you think he could? break the transfer record again, especially given the the budget he's been given. And if he was to break the transfer record, which position do you break the transfer record for? Because the first 11 is very good, but which position do you think needs a, a £10 million player? Because as you mentioned, Moritz Jens, he went for £8 million, but you can get quality for £10 million still. We've got Cameron you, Carter Vickers for six. Aye, you, you, you can. Aye. If it's quite difficult. I mean, I think we can. I mean, I love Joe Hart, but I think we can improve in the goalie stakes, and that's probably just mere down to Joe Hart's age. And that's. I think we should be looking for an upgrade then. But then we haven't really seen much of Seagrist to actually say that. Then 
you go, would you spend over £9 million on a goalkeeper? Jesus, that's a big, big price tag to put on a goalie. Yeah, goalkeepers um, don't need to be that much. They really don't. Aye, there's probably... There's we got goalkeeper. Joe Hart for £1 million. As aye. much as he might not be the goalkeeper we need for Europe, he's still a good quality goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. De- definitely. You look at the fullback, when we spent £4 million on a fullback, could you could you improve the competition at the fullback areas? You probably could. On on the tail end, the Ralston and also Burnaby's performances to the end of the season, you could be looking at there going, we could improve the competition in that areas. Um, if we want to do what we want to do in Europe, if we do what we want to do in Europe, if we are actually are now focusing on Europe, then what you've got to say, every spot's up for grabs. Every single spot's up for grabs. And it would be the guys who are, who are more intelligent than me, who have got more knowledge of European football, of players that are available, players that can fit into a system, players that can take us to the next level, then if they think that they're worth 10, 11, 12 million pounds, then you need to spend this money wisely because 40 million pounds is a big spend for Celtic Football Club, but it's not a big spend in European terms. It's not even a big spend with your portos and all that. I mean, you look at your portos and they would sell a strike for 50 million and then go and buy one at, uh, boy, go and buy one at 16, 17 million for the South American League. Is that where we've, where, where we've went? Now nah, we've still going to be, if anybody that we sell, we're still, we maybe get double figures for so, are you going to say, send somebody for double figures and actually spend more in that to actually replace them? Then you've got the wages and that coming in. I think it maybe gives us a wee bit of leeway, but I think you'll maybe see steady guys at four, five million. You'll maybe see mayor at eight, nine. I don't think we'll break the record. I don't. I think I, if, I, you are, if you are I, going to I, break I, the transfer record, I think, I've mentioned it a couple of times during the week, I mentioned it on the blog, I think... As much as we all love Carl Starfield, we all think he's a phenomenal player. I think you need to get someone of Cameron Carter-Vickers' quality next to him. It's going to be hard to find. Cameron Carter-Vickers is a phenomenal player. He's an absolute rock. And he is the Celtic defence. And you saw when he left that mm-hmm. with that injury at the end of the season, you saw the amount of goals we were conceding. That the, the players around aren't as good as Carter-Vickers. If you spend £10 million, maybe even £12 million, pounds, you can get a player as good as Cameron Carter-Vickers you could probably sell them on for a huge profit as well, like Celtic will do with Cameron Carter-Vickers in a few years. But you were mentioning maybe it's the sort of quality of the players waiting in the wings that needs to be improved. Because when, when we did rotate the team coming to the end of last season, that was when the goals started to get shipped, the form started to tail off. It was when these players came at the team. Perhaps they aren't as good as we once thought. Danielle's coming in here. She thinks Ryan Strain from St Mirren could be an option. A player I really like the look of is Max Johnson from Motherwell. He's available on a free. There's clubs getting linked to him. Sporting Lisbon, clubs in the Bundesliga, clubs in Italy are linked with him. Because for so long, I've been tired of the Celtic fans turning their nose up at players from other teams in the Scottish League. For how many years was a Josh Doig or a Lewis Ferguson available? But no, they play for Aberdeen. No, they play for Hibs. And then they go on to other leagues, prove themselves. And it's like, oh, now we should sign them because he's done it in the Serie A. How about we get sort of we get in there ahead of the curve? Do you, would you? What do you think of signing players from other teams in Scotland? Do you turn your nose up at it the same way that I don't like? Aye, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, my argument for this is, for example, you look at 
Jack Henry, right? Dane well wherever he, wherever he's went is Dane well for Scotland. Ryan Porteous, Dane well. There's a certain glare when you play for Celtic, right? And you've got to win every single week. These guys have went places and developed under less pressure than what they would be at Celtic, right? You look at the guy Jamie McGrath. Is it Jamie? Yeah, Jamie McGrath. Right. Yeah. Went to Wigan. I, I watched him. I watched him at St. Mon. Thought he was a fantastic player at St. Mon. Stood out like a surf. Went down to Wigan. Didn't really harm. Went to Dundee United. Ended up getting relegated. To Dundee I, think United. Like, I think he only scored one goal for Dundee United last look, season as well. You looked at him when at the start of last season. I, I remember the game against uh, was it AZ Altmar they played in Europe. Yeah. He was he was the best Dundee United player on the pitch. You could see, oh, you only, you only be, you only be there wrong. Who was the guy they signed for Man United? Dylan Levitt, five hundred oh, grand. Levitt, I think that, paid for him. That, that, that's the guy that I'm talking about. He 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 stood out like a safe thumb in that Dundee United side. Eh? But he's not going to be playing in the Scottish Championship, right? Ah, you look, you look at fair fair play to these guys like Ferguson and all of that go, gone gone abroad. Uh, I think. These guys are better going abroad. They've developed. John McGinn, wouldn't he be the John McGinn they knew if he hadn't moved to England? He would be a completely different player if we had managed to get him. Would he be better? Who knows? We can't argue that question. But when these guys go away and they go to a different culture, different clubs and all that, it's that club that makes them that player. It's no who they were when they left. It's that club that makes them that player. And, and, that's why I think I think Scottish football is pants. I really do. I think there's a lot of dross in Scottish football, a lot of bad managers in Scottish football. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't think that we'll break a transfer record. Because guys that are maybe going to go for between 12 and 15 million pounds will look going, I'm not going to play Ross County. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going there. Unless Musa Dembele did. Odds Nedward did. They did, aye, but then Musa was there was a bit of a difference with Musa. He was a really, really young laddie, a really, really, really young laddie, and so was Edward. Edward was never going to get a game for PSG, and he was also damaged goods for shooting guys with air guns. And yeah, even even his loan, he had a loan spell before he came to Celtic, and he didn't. I don't think he scored a single goal in about twenty games. It's the same with managers, and I hate saying this because it's uh, the, uh, as my football club. It's the same with managers, and the same with players. Players either come to us because it's a step up and it's a move to somewhere bigger, or they're damaged goods and they need to come back and like and, and like sort their reputation. Out. And that's the guy. Even though we've got a seemingly big, massive, like Scrooge McDuck swimming in a big vat full of used pound notes. There's only a certain level of player will come to Scotland and it'll be guys that need developed, there'll be guys that need their reputation salvaged. And that's how I think, I don't think we'll beat be a transfer record because for when we've signed Edward to now, Scottish football's got worse. And that is a, it's not a big sell. You look at Jota, Jota came to us because he wasn't going to get a game at Benfica. He came here on loan, absolutely loved it. And he went, right, I'm going back there because I'm loved there and I'll get a couple of good years there. And I'll progress as a football player. I've got a coach there that'll progress me as a football player. Cameron Carter Vicker had had mere <coughs> had mere clubs in Jordan before before he before before he actually came here. 
So there's a certain level of player. Should we carry on the philosophy that we had with Ange in the first place then when we're signing these young players? Players that have a point to prove, players that need a home. It's the only philosophy that will come to Scottish football. And that is the... You look at the guys that we got for Ruben Kazan, Abulgard, who didn't really hang with, Harskabanovic. That was an opportunity presented themselves for them to get out of Russia. And they took it. Abulgard, I didn't think he went back to Ruben Kazan on his back. I think he went to Italy. He was at a team in it. I think it was Hellas Verona. Verona and Italy, but that's a thing. That's we brought in Celtic were linked with a defensive midfielder the entirety of last summer. It was Vinicius Sosa from the Belgian league. He was the main man linked. Aye. Then he went over to Spain and done well. So we got in Oliver Abogard. He was the defensive midfielder we signed, and he did nothing. And then now Tomoki Iwata could be the man to step up in that role. That's my hope. But we were talking about Musa Dembele just a wee second ago. That was a player who came from Fulham in the English Championship. And that was Brendan Rodgers using his knowledge of English football. Ange Postecoglou had a favoured market he was familiar with. That was the Japanese market. Do you think Brendan will be dipping into the market down south? Or do you think it's too saturated? Are we priced out of signing some of the quality players from down south? Even the teams that have went down from the Premier League, these are teams that have still spent £30 million on these players. and They might be looking to ship them off to make some sort of money back. They might be, but then again... When you look at Dembele, Dembele was basically nearly signed for Tottenham for six million pounds. He was 18, 18 at the time. Celtic nipped in there and, and paid a develop, paid a development fee for him. But Celtic were already speaking to his agents before Brendan turned up, so there was there was already contact there. I I don't think we'll look at teams that have been relegated. I think what we'll maybe possibly look at is. Chelsea and the Man City academies and see what players they've got there. I think that'll be a market that we start start looking at again under Rodgers, maybe. It's, it's worked and before. It has worked before, but I think it's an expensive market to go into. I think yeah, it's really, if you get really the com- expensive. If you can get the players that have a point to prove, someone like Jason Denier, someone like Jeremy Frimpong, Jeremy Frimpong's going to be a real quality player. He's going to go for loads of money, but that's his hit, our mark. It's flown by with the big Brendan Rogers news. And that's really carried us over this entire show. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the live chat. It's been a great show. 1,600 of you in attendance. There was 300 waiting before we came onto the live. So thanks, everybody, for sticking with us the entire show. Be sure to hit the like button if you enjoyed. And please hit the subscribe button. Thank you very much from me and Kevin Graham. And we'll see you tomorrow for the Tuesday Bulletin. See you later. Network.